Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. So, Len, what topics do you want to touch upon today? Well, Dean, in, in recent podcasts, we've discussed the new Section 1071 rule that was published at the end of March. Although I want to point out, it's yet to be published in the Federal Register, which is when it becomes official. I actually spoke to a CFPB attorney a couple of weeks ago and asked her, what's up with this? And she said, they don't know. They they expected <laughs> it would have been issued by now uh, or published in the Federal Register. So, of course, the clock doesn't start ticking until it is published in the Federal Register. She said they were hoping and believe it'll happen sometime in the middle of the summer. So we'll see about that. But the implications of 1071 reach far beyond the banking community. It touches any lender involved in extending commercial loans. And this includes credit unions, commercial finance companies, even, by the way, government agencies. In fact, the CFPB estimates estimates that the number of reporters under 1071 will be quadruple the number of reporters under CRA. And, and there is so much in that 888-page document to inform lenders about that I thought we should continue revealing to our listeners what is buried in the new rule and what its implications are for the Community Reinvestment Act, too. Well, oh, that's, I mean, for one, this is a tremendous topic. In 888 pages, I know you and I have discussed this many <laughs> times. I've read it twice, and I'm still lost. Uh, um, so, it, it, you know, it, it really is uh, timely. Um, can you... Tell, tell Len, um, I'm all ears, but can you tell the listeners uh, at least or give them some sort of bait or how? Wh- where do we start? I guess that's what I'm trying to get at, Len. I mean, I am just overwhelmed, as you can tell from reading all of this. So I'd like to, you know, have a starting point for our audience today. Yeah. Well, Dean, as you were just speaking, the thought occurred to me. I know that in some religious communities, the number 666 is supposedly a sign of the devil. So I wonder if 888 might be a sign of the devil in the banking community. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, But today, I really do intend to focus on the implications for the Community Re- Reinvestment Act, which are enormous. Although 1071 is intended primarily for fair lending issues, everyone knows that it directly impacts CRA. But I'm not so sure many people understand how dramatic the impact of 1071 will be on CRA. Yeah, and the fact that the notice of proposed rulemaking came out, but there's been no final rules. I think there could be, uh, uh, obviously, they're, they're, I think, waiting uh, for 1071 to come out so they can figure out where all of the, the different yeah. anomalies are throughout the, uh, the, the, the two different rules. Um, so let's discuss Section 1071 in CRA. Yeah, I think the regulators were waiting for the other regulators to figure out what they were going to do under 1071 before they announced the final CRA rule. Yeah. Uh, and, well, as you know, Dean, we've broadcast two webinars uh, about 1071, and we maintain a, te- a Section 1071 blog on the Geodata Vision website. And so I'm getting feedback uh, from bankers and lots of questions. I was surprised to get questions from bankers who didn't realize that the OCC and the Federal Reserve and the FDIC and their 2022 CRA NPR, 
which you just alluded to, announced that they intend to drop the reporting of small business and small farm loans under CRA and to substitute the small business loans reported under Section 1071. So immediately, right off the bat, there's a direct and immediate impact on CRA insofar as reporting is concerned. And of course, the regulators also announced in the 2022 CRA NPR, the definition of a small business loan under CRA will change, and the Section 1071 definition will replace the CRA definition. This has enormous implications for CRA, because under the current CRA, a small business loan cannot exceed $1 million. But under Section 1071, the size of a small business loan is really virtually unlimited because what qualifies as a small business under 1071 is based on the size of the business as measured by gross annual revenues, not the size of the loan. So that's a second major effect of 1071 on CRA, and it has a very, very substantial. This is not incidental. This is big time impact on, on CRA for uh, banks that are subject to CRA. Okay, Lynn. So there's a lot to unpack here. So there's two direct and significant 1071 impacts on CRA. Are the next implications as big as the first two that we just talked about? Oh, definitely. Yes, I would definitely say so, Dean. Uh, anyone familiar with CRA knows community development is a big test in a CRA exam for intermediate small banks and for large banks. And there are four different definitions of community development for CRA purposes. And of those, two definitions pertain to business loans. One definition is economic development, which mostly means job creation, job preservation, or job improvement for low and moderate income employees. And another definition is, quote, revitalization, stabilization of LMI tracks or middle income distressed or underserved tracks outside of MSAs. Now, under CRA, if a loan qualifies as both a small business loan and a community development loan, it must be reported as a small business loan and examined as a small business loan for large banks. On the other hand, ISBs have the option of having such loans treated as either small business loans or community development loans for examination purposes. Now, under Section 1071, with the size of the loan no longer being a restriction on what qualifies as a small business loan, many business loans that exceed $1 million and which have community development qualifications are likely to be loans to small businesses and therefore will not be recognized as community development loans under CRA. This could have a very, very big impact on the volume of community development lending that uh, is going to be recognized under CRA. So a big question that hangs in the balance is how the Fed, the FDIC, and the OCC will treat such loans. Will they allow a bank that has reported a small business loan under 1071 to report the same loan as community development under CRA? There's precedent for double counting loans under CRA. Any multifamily affordable housing mortgage, for example, is reported under HMDA, and it is included in the mortgage lending for CRA purposes, and at the same time, counted as community development. So the $64 million question is, Will the agencies allow double counting of small business loans as community development loans if they have the requisite qualifications? This has major league implications for the community development aspect of the Community Reinvestment Act and performance for banks. 
Yeah, I agree. And community development's always been an issue for CRA. You get banks calling constantly saying, you know, we're having a hard time identifying those. So uh, if they're already having a hard time now, you can only imagine what this is going to be after all of this uh, implementation. So that's three impacts and three very big impacts, I must say. Um, are there more? Well, one thing uh, I would like to talk about is some of the things that 1071 will not do as opposed to what it is expected to do in terms of impacting CRA. Uh, there's the, so in these last two or three minutes, I'd like to touch upon a couple of those points, Dean. Yeah. Okay. Well, so what, you know, what might that be, Len? Okay. Well, let's begin with the so-called protected demographic information, which will not be factored in the community reinvestment act, which, and which is never, by the way, focused on race or ethnicity. And that was deliberate when the, when the uh, CRA was passed back in 1977, they avoided anything uh, with a racial or ethnic uh, implication. It was all focused on the income of people and the income of tracks, not on minority uh, populations or minority tracks. So a lot of people, however, seem to be worried about this. They're concerned that maybe race and ethnicity will be brought in to CRA performance evaluations. But as the statute and the regulation have been written, they deliberately avoid race and ethnicity as a performance issue. So I want to allay our listeners' apprehensions about that. Now, another thing uh, to be reported under 1071 is the course of action pertaining to small business loans. For all of its history, CRA has focused only on loans originated and loans purchased. It has never considered loans denied or any of the other outcomes. So I think concerns about CRA now, considering the possibility of adding all courses of action, are not warranted. However, there's one very big impact regarding the course of action, and that is loans purchased and participations will not be reported under 1071. And I know, Dean, and I'm certain you do too, that some banks rely on their ability to purchase small business loans and have them count in CRA exams. So apparently that's not going to be available anymore. And that itself could be a very big uh, impact on the banks that have been relying on purchase loans to help them uh, augment their CRA performance and get through their CRA exam. And finally, the last thing I want to mention about um, uh, the 1071 and uh, what's there in 1071 that will not be in CRA is the pricing data. Uh, in 1071, there's going to be a lot of information about pricing of loans that's going to be collected and reported. And I do not see that being an added factor in CRA exams. Uh, as you, we've said, CRA exams are all based on where you're making loans and to whom you're making loans. It's never been focused on anything else but that. So I don't believe that will be a factor either. So there's several different things in 1071 that I know some bankers are worried about that might uh, be incorporated into CRA, and I don't see these uh, these courses of action, uh, the racial ethnic uh, backgrounds, uh, or the pricing data being incorporated in CRA exams going forward. Well, certainly a common thread by uh, looking at all of these, you know, between <laughs> 1071, CRA, fair lending, there, you know, it, it, it certainly hones in on discrimination and you can tell that's what they're trying to get at. So mm -hmm. we've alerted our audience to three, I will call them huge impacts uh, of 1071 on CRA. You also identified some important data to be reported under the new 1071 rule. 
but what you don't expect to have uh, an effect on the CRA performance issues. Yeah. Yeah. We're, and of course, Dean, we're only touching the tip of the 888 page iceberg, <laughs> but having our audience digest the new rule incrementally step-by-step step, is the best approach. Otherwise it's just too overwhelming for many people. In fact, I heard an ABA attorney speaking about it the other day, and she professed that she is still busy trying to uh, assimilate all the content of the, of the document. And uh, I had to point out to her a couple of things she wasn't clear about uh, that I was familiar with in, in uh, the new rule. So even the lawyers are, I think, still being overwhelmed. So you can imagine what most bankers are feeling at this point in time. Yeah, well, with the mes- with the mention of iceberg that you just said, now I can find the connection to climate risk as well. <laughs> I told you all these things interconnect, Len. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think identifying these issues in bite sizes uh, has been extremely helpful, not only to myself, you know, uh, who's, who still is trying to unpack all these pages, uh, but also to our listeners. Um, and in and, and all these important aspects of this new rule. So, uh, you know, kudos, Len, and thank you uh, on behalf of our audience uh, uh, for all this great information and all the challenges, I guess you could say, that are in front of us relative to 1071, uh, CRA, so on and so forth. Uh, this is Dean Stockford from Eminem Consulting. And this is Len Suzio of GeoDataVision saying, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And we encourage you to send us in your ideas for future podcast topics. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and GeoData Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.